Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon. Gee, it's a good to be back Wednesday on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next two hours, talking sports with you and appreciate you uh, giving us uh, some of your time here uh, this morning into the afternoon. BMW of Des Moines guest lift shapes up like this. We'll talk Iowa State with our friend Nick Oson at the bottom of the hour. 24-7 sports, cyclonealert.com. Iowa State conversation coming up. Probably get to a Cyclone who got paid over the weekend. Jesus. Tyrese Halliburton, the first of uh, a couple of big contracts if he keeps it up. But uh, Iowa State uh, at 11.30. 12.05, can't wait for this. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He's one of their baseball guys. He joins Trent and I on a weekly basis. We'll recap the week. Uh, and a couple of days in uh, in Major League Baseball with Matt Snyder at 12.05. Before we get Scott Docterman in here uh, on the Hawkeyes, the Athletic is where you can read Doc. If you're a fan of David Kaplan, you're thinking to yourself, it's Wednesday, you're right. Uh, but Cappy won't be here until tomorrow. Cappy pushed back one day. He'll join us tomorrow at 12.30. And, oh, yes, Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here at 1 o'clock. Back in the saddle, four-day weekend behind us. Blinkin' it's gone. I enjoyed every single minute of it. How was your weekend? Uh, pretty good. A little busier, I'm going to guess, than yours. I'm guessing, yes. <laughs> had a few things going on, but yeah, we got the parade, we got the fireworks, had a good time, went and saw the family, got to see my nephew. So yeah, it was a good time, very busy, but at it again, and then a road trip here in a couple of days. We're going to Madison next. Oh, Jesus. You yeah. never stay home, do no. you? No, not at all. It's incredible. How many miles? You got a new car when? Uh, November of, so about a year and a half. Little, oh, yeah, a little more than a year. 18 months ago? Yeah. Um, how many miles? Take oh, a guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go north of 30? Yeah. 40? 33. 33. It's a lot of miles. It is. Hope you're keeping track of those business ones oh, because absolutely. that's like 55 cents a mile, yes. I think. Boy, I used to have a lot. Not as many, sadly. But no. Got to leave the house to put miles on the car, that's right? That's right, yeah. Well, plenty of trips to Ankeny in here and back. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, and you can write those off because this is my second job. You still, of course, cover all the press conferences, right? I'm in Ames. I'm in Iowa City. <laughs> I'm up to the Twin Cities covering a Twins game over to the Windy uh-huh. City. <laughs> no, no, no. I play by the book. I you got will be putting some miles on the car, though, in November, right? You're going to come to Wrigley for the Iowa Northwestern weekend. You love Chicago. We don't get it anymore during the summertime with no Big Ten media days there as it's moved to Indianapolis. Yes. You're in. I'm flying. You're flying in. Yes. No, I'm driving over with you. Oh, okay. I'm not staying for the game. Gotcha. I'm flying out after our show on Friday. Uh-huh. I just don't think it would be fair to the Cyclones. That's how I've done it all my life, right or wrong, probably wrong. <laughs> well, I look back on this one day and think, you know, you idiot. Um, I just, I can't do it. If it was the other way around, it'd be the same way. Yeah. I just hate the criticism that you flavor one over the other. Well, you were in Vegas for Iowa State UNLV. It's true. See, there you go. You're just evening uh-huh. it up. You're just evening it up. Well, I was sent on the company dime. Oh, I was true. representing KXNO. You still will. Be. I drew the short straw. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, must have. How many people turned them down before they got to me? Well, I mean, I would have taken that trip. And that was fun. It was I'm fun. not exactly known as Cyclone Condon over here either. That's true. Um, who was it? Community Community Choice. Yes, absolutely. Community Choice. Yeah. It was a charge. It was a fun time. Klein and Company. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good trip. Didn't stay for the. Now I didn't watch the game. I didn't go to the game. 
You went to the stadium. I went to the stadium, pre walked around, got in an Uber. Everybody's walking over the bridge toward the stadium. I'm the dope walking the other way. <laughs> Zipping the other way. And then I went back to the win, and I watched the game there, and I watched uh, all the games that night and bet a few horses, drank a few Stellas, and had a wee old time. I, it sounds like uh, what you usually do. What I usually like yes. to do. And I, as we said before the show in our show prep, I think our, it, was, it consisted of, here's your Phil Steele, by the way. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I think my reply was, boy, I can't wait to get back to Vegas. Just watching all the Vegas uh-huh. on my Twitter. Have you seen the sphere on Twitter? Yeah, how crazy is that it's, thing? I've been watching that thing be under construction forever. And the um, the fountain, what are they called? Fountain Blue, I think, Fontaine Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been undergoing construction forever. But boy, oh boy, that sphere. I have no idea what's in it. I mean, there has to be something. That's where U2 is going to play? Is that what it is? So it's like a, a concert venue? You know what? I think it is. Okay. I'm not sure. I've seen the videos of it. If you haven't, you can go to the website. It's thesphervegas.com is the website. It says it's an event venue, mm-hmm. but I don't know. How big is the thing? Huge. So it seats 10,000? I don't know. What a wild thing. No, it is. I mean, it's Vegas, right? It is, yes. Uh, <laughs> it looks like something completely different. Uh-huh. And is it, where is it? It's south, uh, it's north uh, of the wind. North of the wind, okay. Yeah, it's, be- it's between downtown and the wind, I want to say. Not, f- maybe across the street from Resort World. Not, mm. Like, not directly across yeah. the street, but in that area. Resort World. That I didn't well. like it. I stayed there. I have uh, not heard many positive reviews. I stayed there for it. the cyclone trip. Everybody was, was on the other end of yep. the strip. I wanted to stay away from them uh, and not have what, lines. Stay away from the riffraff? Is that no, what you're no, saying? no. I wanted to stay away from the lines because <laughs> uh, yeah. they do drink those clones. <laughs> yes, man. they do. Um, so I wanted to stay away from it. So I went to the other end of the strip when they took over the uh, the south end of the strip. Speaking of drinking, I brought you a swarm beer. Did you try it? I was disappointed. You were disappointed. And you know why? Um, it's a little, it was a, first thing I tasted was the hops. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a hopper. A little hoppier than you were anticipating. Correct. Yeah. So um, I cut it with Bud Light. Okay. And it was delicious. Yeah, that was good. Right. Like, you, what else do you do that with? Everything. Yeah. Uh, Ruthie's, my Ruth, go-to. Ruthie, yeah. Yeah, Ruthie, Ruthie and Bud Light, my go because I just can't drink. I get too hammered. <laughs> and I, I don't want to pull up after a beer. That doesn't work. No, you, you got to have a few that. of them, right? So you gotta you gotta cut it, anyways. You're, you're a brewer over there in Ankeny, doing mm-hmm. your own thing, doing my own thing, indeed. Uh, fun weekend. Uh, fireworks were. I'm, I'm guessing all over the all over the city, right? Mm-hmm. Just just nuts last night. Boy, oh boy. I wonder how much money was spent on fireworks. Is there? I mean, obviously they're taxed at a different level, yeah, right? Sure. I wonder how much the state sees from that, because they had to sell a pile of them. Well, we had a get-together with some friends before we watched the fireworks last night, and my wife, hey, stop over, grab a few fireworks. I went over to Hy-Vee in the you know tent outside in the parking oh, lot. Oh, they sell them? I didn't realize yeah. that. And I spent, I don't know, 60 bucks, mm-hmm. something like that. But, I mean, just looking at some of those things, you're talking about $1,000 for one light. And you can get those things in the Ooh. air. And there are some neighbors of our friends, and they had some monster ones as yeah. well. But yeah, we just had a couple of small ones, and the kids got a kick out of it, and they had some fun. But yeah, yeah overall, yeah, you think of the amount of money that this has created and generated. Ooh. Now, we can't let them off in West Des Moines. What do you mean? City ordinance. You can't. You, well, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, apparently, many people last night, as we're trying to get the kids to bed way late, they're cranky, they're mm-hmm, tired. Mm-hmm. And then you got. What time did it quit for you? 
It was it was past midnight. Really? I was still, every once in a while, you'd hear something popping. No kidding. Because I was trying to do my Hawkeye podcast for today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, better put the cans on and cover that up, and yeah. hopefully the microphone doesn't pick it up. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, fun, fun weekend. Great celebration. I'll never forget the first one I was here in 89, so I got here on uh, essentially Memorial, what was it, Memorial Day weekend, and then July the 4th, like six weeks later, and I'm experiencing this for the first time. Yeah, I'm going to like it here. <laughs> <laughs> this is your kind of place. Yeah. And uh, I have yeah. um, from that day forward. So, so anyways. What, 35 years later? Coming up on that. Yeah. Still here yeah, you are. Coming that a couple I may not have been in the States over half of my life. Yeah. Which is bananas to think, but that's the way it is. Uh so good stuff. Um it was kind of a not a an nondescript weekend of sports. Maybe you know what the biggest story for me in sports? What was it for you before before I put mine out there? It was Ricky Fowler. Absolutely one hundred percent. Now trying to find it now, was that's another, another story. How frustrated I was. So back we, at the parents' place, they have direct TV, mm-hmm, they got streaming services. Mm-hmm, it's good. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're Technologically, I wouldn't say advanced, but pretty good, right? For people of and their generation. demographic, yes. Yep. And all right, go to Golf Channel. Not there. Maybe CBS is picking. Nope, Rodeo's on. Yeah. I just want to watch it. So pull it up on the phone. It just not. I just wanted to have it on. My grandma was there. She's a huge golf fan. She she wanted to watch Ricky too. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get it on the TV. Now, if I was at home, would have been different. Yeah. Not to stream things a little quicker there, and probably would have got it, but. What a disaster from either. Yeah. Now, whose fault is this? Is it CBS saying, hey, we can't bump the rodeo? I guess. I mean, That's ultimately, it is CBS's decision, right? Because, I would think so, yeah. Uh, the golf tournament, is, uh, we've got to get this thing in because mm-hmm. there's uh, weather happening and they don't want to have a weather delay. So I think they made the prudent decision to move up the tournament. But in, in today's day and age, uh, thankfully, by, by Sunday, we were back to not getting five minutes on Twitter before it shuts you down. <laughs> What a story. What a disaster that was for somebody who's addicted like me. Yeah. You know what? I was looking up, honest to God, if I became a blue check mark, if I paid, mm-hmm. paid would I have bucks. to get the blue check mark? Because uh-huh. I don't want a blue check mark. Oh, you don't want to be one of the people that right. also has it. Right. You'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. You just don't I, want to be known as somebody. Precisely who's paying for it. Right. Um, and I would pay. I mean, you know, I, I uh, yeah, your addiction. I don't know if there's a price point. Yeah, your addiction level is at a completely different Correct. level. Correct. Now, it never impacted it. me just because... Looked a couple of times. So, what was that? I mean, what? Apparently, he didn't pay his bill. Is that what it was? Apparently, Elon didn't pay the bill. So, uh, June the thirtieth, uh huh, which was when Friday. Yes, yeah. End of the fiscal year. The contract expired on June the thirtieth. Oh no! And whoever was his provider, I think it was Google, mm-hmm. um, didn't get the didn't get the funds for the next year, and so they limited him. They lied. Yeah. And said they're undergoing something or they're doing something, um, but yeah, it was it was awkward. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm not on Twitter Tweet Deck. Mm-hmm. Are you? I'm not. No. And apparently now you have to pay for that. Yeah, you have to what, have a verify have a blue check mark yeah, or, in order to be able to access mm-hmm. through Tweet Deck. He, trying to find sources of revenue, I guess. But I guess I don't think it is going very well. No, at this I don't think time. it is either. Now there's an alternative apparently starting tomorrow. Oh, really? Yes. You're going to hop aboard? I've already tried. Yeah? Um, and I'm not going to say what it is until tomorrow because I don't want somebody... No, I'm oh. not going to say because some dick will be grabbing my name <laughs> <laughs> just to spite you, me. You, you got to make sure that you... Okay, I got <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's out there. It's, I think it's called Thread. Okay. Thread. Uh, you can download the app. I, I tried to do it today, but it says it's not available till tomorrow. Gotcha. Now, will this be... 
legit. Who knows? Right. Um, but yeah, that that was bad. Uh, but I agree with you. Ricky Fowler was the greatest story. Back to your question, whose fault is? I think it's CBS's. Um, how can you? I mean, if you're on social media at all, you're going to know the outcome. But yeah. watching the putt drain in the uh, in the extra holes, and then putting his hands on his putter and just exhaling. Yes, absolutely. Like, I did it. You know, finally. I mean, and talk about a popular dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to. I don't. Who, he's clearly in the sphere of the most popular players currently playing oh yeah no doubt this is a guy that first of all the heights that he hit yes he's never won a major he's one of players but mm-hmm. he's never won a major you look back what was it 2014 when he finished top five in every major he had a second i think two-thirds and a fifth huh. i mean Don't to do that, that in a calendar year yeah, is remarkable Short of Tiger, mm-hmm. unthinkable yeah. for somebody to do that. And he did that, but he didn't break through mm-hmm. with the victory. And then how poorly he was going. This is a guy that missed the Masters. This is a guy yeah. that missed the U.S. Open. You yeah. thought there was not there is not a chance in the world that this guy, with the stature Could that he fall was on. as far as he did, that he has to show up to try and qualify. He's in the 150s mm-hmm. in the world rankings, and now he is jetted right back up. He has put together an incredible year. The last time it was over at Liverpool, the British. He finished in the top five. Hmm. So this is going to be a guy that we're going to talk about coming up I next week so. that has a real opportunity yeah. there. He's got the swagger. He's also slowed down a little bit. I mean, this is a guy that also liked to party. He yeah. had a good time. And yeah. him and JT, but newly married, mm-hmm. got a baby, mm-hmm. different life, and he's gone back to the grind. And it would have been so easy. Easier, I think, than almost anybody else on tour to take the live money. Yeah. Yeah, oh, good point. It wasn't going well. Right. That's an excellent point. And everybody else, a guy like Justin Thomas, hey, I'm going to make my money here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be Mm -hmm. fine. John Mm Rahm, on and on and on. We can play this game with so many different guys because of how poorly he was playing. Yep. Still beloved. And not just beloved by the fans and the young kids wearing the stupid orange hats and the flat bill pumas and things like that. (laughs) Not just that. It's the people on tour. He is beloved on the tour. People love the guy. Because he's fun to hang out with, mm-hmm. because he's a good dude. Yep. And also, you saw that in the way that it came out. Now, you saw plenty of PGA Tour players saying, well, I would have liked to watch it. And there were plenty of people that were saying the same thing that the fans were saying mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend. But that was a story that, and you mentioned that exhale. It, it felt like just the weight of the world. The relief. Yes. Off his shoulders, breaking through, mm-hmm. getting the victory, getting that win, doing it. Going birdie birdie mm. to wrap it up with the 18th. He was hole. in trouble. He was, and I had a oh, live bet on Morikawa. <laughs> thought and I was. He gonna, lipped out. He did. Yeah. I thought. Uh, yeah, that was that was a frustrating end for me as a better. Do but you ever? Do, as, do you ever pass on an opportunity? Yeah, no, no, no. We got the John Deere coming up. I, I got to do some work on the John Deere. No, you don't. Adam Hadwin will win. Oh, Adam Hadwin, huh? You're going with your Canadian. I line. am. He's playing very well, and I, I got a, I got a Canadian on my card this week. Do you? I'm back to Taylor this week. Okay. It's not the shiniest field. It's not. No, not at all. They're Zach Johnson. Circa has top twenty for Zach. No, we know Zach is not think, the player that he was. But it's his tournament. Top twenty. What do you guess the numbers are for him to finish in the top twenty? Oh, it's gotta be really low. I don't know. Plus two no, that's too high. I don't know. One eighty, one ninety? Five ninety. Is it really? I know Zach is not the player he once was, but, and that's one thing I I got to look and see how he's done recently. We know that run that he had, what that three four year stretch where he won it one year, he was down to the wire a couple other times. I mean he he just was dominating the course. It was his mm-hmm. tournament. 
I know his game is not what it once was, but at that kind of price, for top 20 for a course he knows that well. Right. Yeah, I think I'm going to have a little bit. He's going to be so. a part of the card this week, mm-hmm. especially at that. Then that was at Circa. Other places, you're not going to get 590. No, I wouldn't think so. I looked at Big Brand X, yeah. about three to one. Yeah. Basically, double the odds. Mm-hmm. You're betting golf at Circa mm-hmm. and the top 20 for Zach. We're betting tennis in the Bet Rivers contest. Trent, I I couldn't be any more clueless. I have no idea what I'm doing. None <laughs> what's. I, I'm, I'm very similar to you. I'm trying to get my footing. And it's also the timing with these matches happening starting at, what, 3 30 in the morning? It's a six like hour that. time difference. Yeah, and trying to. Just kind of get your footing underneath you and understanding what it is. Now, there's plenty of live betting opportunities. The one that I was disappointed in, so I was looking at the the run, and one of the the Brazilian lady that's ranked in the top twenty. I'll take she, she's like it. a 16 seed, yeah. and she lost the first set. Out. Didn't have time to hop aboard though. I wanted to bet her, and I saw she came back and won here today. Mm. Live betting in tennis, much like I talk about those wild swings in the NBA and why I like it. Tennis is a very good sport, also. To live bet, and I think you can have some fun with that. So you got it on in there. You can just start firing right now. <laughs> I do have it on, Mr. Wimbledon, Ken, Miller. Mr. Wimbledon, Mr. Tennis. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, one of the other stories from from the weekend, and we've been talking about it uh, over the last two or three weeks, is you know you hate to see guys that just stay too long. Yeah, and Adam Wainwright again went out and just sadly embarrassed himself at this point. And up until yesterday, when, when asked all season long, as, it, as the skills were, it became more and more apparent that, that Adam Wainwright is, is a shell of his former self. Oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. There's nothing wrong. There's no injury there. Uh, yesterday, Marmal comes out after this. Oh, he's been hurt all year. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. What, what, what was the quote there? I saw it and said he's been dealing with a variety Something of limitations yeah. and will undergo further evaluation. Mm hmm. And then Wainwright himself, being the competitor that he is, said, this is not how it's going to end. Uh, Really? Somebody get to him. It's the all-star break. This would be, well, next week is, but you get my point. This would be a perfect stepping-off point, I think. I liked what he said, though. This is the quote from Wainwright. The plan is to come back strong. I'm either going to come back and pitch great, or I'll be a great cheerleader. He knows. I mean, this is kind of the last-ditch effort, right? And it feels like he's also Mm -hmm. coming to that realization Mm -hmm. because there's plenty of guys, yeah, they hang on too long, Mm -hmm. and they really hang on too long. They just keep going and keep going. He, I think, understands the realization of this. If this doesn't work, we shut it down for a couple of weeks, try to come back, maybe we'll see him you know, at the end of the month, something like that. And if it's still a struggle, it's over. And Mm -hmm. he said it there. I'll be a great cheerleader. When when Do the Cardinals make the decision for him? Because they're so far out of contention. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they're 15 yeah. games under 500. Right. Because of that, no. Mm-hmm. You kind of let him go out in his own fashion. And if he. Hits, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Right? Now, yeah. If they're battling with the Reds right now, right. And Brewers for different first place, story. It's completely different. Yeah, different story. They're 11 and a half games back. It's unbelievable. 11 and a half mm-hmm. back. This was a nearly consensus pick to win their division. Yes, This was one of the biggest prices to win a division uh-huh. that you had to lay uh-huh. coming into the season, and they're 11 and a half games back in a bad division. Yikes. This had to be the... Sh- well, I, was it, it might have been the shortest I think price. it was, yeah. It, maybe the Dodgers still were, but the Padres had now a lot of love. The Padres spent a lot of yep. money and a lot of love for them. The Braves-Mets was very close. <clears throat> the Braves were the favorite, but <clears throat> it was not a prohibitive. Philly love there. Oh, the absolutely. World After what Series they did last year. last year, yep. 
the East is the East. The Yankees were the betting favorite, yeah. but yeah, the Rays as always. There's a lot of Jays money out there. Yeah, plenty Some Red of Sox that. fans. Well, we talked about in the preseason, the Twins were the third choice, but behind the White Sox and the Guardians, mm-hmm. and the Guardians were the favorite there, but not significant. Astros were big. But you had the Mariners. Yeah. A lot of people like them after finally making the playoffs mm-hmm. after the two decade drought. So I off the top of my head, I think they had were to be the shortest, the shortest price. price. Yep. Had to be. And here they are, eleven and a half games back. And because of that, yeah, I think that's a big piece here for Wainwright. Shut it down. Let's rest your arm a little bit, build you back up, mm-hmm. give him a couple of starts, and if it doesn't go well, you can ride off gracefully if you like you or know, keep you know, going I, out there. I've got quick, an yeah. idea where he can ride off gracefully and would just be fine by me. <laughs> Take it over for Jim Edmonds. Bing, booth. <laughs> ding, ding. I knew exactly where you're going. God, he's tough to listen to. I tried really to watch is. the Martins and the, and the Cardinals, and I really like Chip Carey. Mm-hmm. I, I this guy just drives me nuts for whatever reason. I just it's just unlistenable. It's it's a tough one. And I want I went into the weekend knowing that the Cardinals and the Marlins are going to see each other at the beginning of the week, and I wanted to watch the Marlins. Just mm-hmm. who watches the Marlins? Yeah, watch your right. eyes and, and right. all those young arms that we've talked about. Uh huh. And is this team legit or is it you know uh, kind of a uh, smoke mirage? mirrors? Yeah. Right. It's I think maybe they're legit they're in some respects. No now they played the Braves and the Braves took care of them as uh-huh. you would expect, but I don't know. Not a whole lot, again, in the American League. Now, the Astros are heating up. Well, they're heating up, and the Rangers are going the other way. The Rangers yeah. are playing bad baseball. Their month of there. June was pathetic. The only two teams in the American League right now that are better than 6-4 and four in the last 10 are the Yankees. They're 7-3. and three, yeah. And the Astros, also 7-3 and three with mm. three-game winning streak. That's it. Everybody else just kind of hanging out in the middle of the mm-hmm. pack, and, and that's what it is. In the National League, well, of course, you have the Braves. Finally lost one. Yeah, to Cleveland, right? They, they are... Such a behemoth. Mm-hmm. How do you beat this team? You don't. Spencer Strider going to win the Cy Young? I mean, yeah. You look at the strikeout numbers that mm-hmm. he has. You look at what he's pitching for. Mm-hmm. He has become their ace at the top of it. Yeah, you have Justin Steele having a really nice season. Mm-hmm. You got Kershaw doing his thing. And Stroman. Well, Kershaw's hurt now, don't forget. Right. You, you have to throw those guys out there, but mm-hmm. Strider's got 30 more strikeouts mm-hmm. than anybody else in the National League. 30 more. Than anybody else. And and this absolutely baffled me. I was looking at those numbers when I was taking a look at Strider uh, last night. Second in the National League in strikeouts. A kid from Iowa. Mitch Keller is second in the NL in strikeouts. Jesus. I remember when he came up, mm-hmm. what, four years ago now? Mm-hmm. You kind of looked at him as, eh. he looked like a Brad Ratke type. Not going to beat you with power. He, Ratke was a good player though, he was. for a long time. And, and I thought that was... He's been a lot better than that. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's really taken a huge step forward here this season, put together a 9-4 and four season, 3.5 ERA, and second in the National League in strikeouts for Mitch Keller. Good work out of the Xavier kid from Cedar Rapids. And remember remember the talk about him in high school. Oh, watch out for this guy. Is that right? You oh, did yeah. hear that? And he has proven, I think, to be better than anybody probably could. Do you, do you have National League Cy Young in front of you? Uh, the front? odds? Yeah. Yeah, let's see if we can let pull me throw, it up somebody, somebody put this out the other day. Over the weekend, um, Andrew Abbott, you heard of him? No. No. He got called up by the Reds. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do know that guy, yes. And yeah. he has not lost, and he has been unbelievable. And it's not like he's beating you know, the Pirates or the, or the bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. He's beating some of the big-name teams in the National League. He's a huge price. And I don't know, I think probably Striders or Steele would be the two that... Oh, and Zach Gallen. 
Yeah, but he's kind of fallen on hard a little bit, not hard times, but he's had a couple of bad starts recently, is he not? Or at least one. Gallen is the betting favorite. He's okay. two to one. Kershaw second plus two seventy. They're Strider at seven to one. Mm-hmm. What's Abbott? Oh boy. He's gotta be huge price. He is seventy to one currently. Another young guy that I like for the Marlins, that Perez, Yuri yeah, Perez. Yeah. He's hundred to one. Scherzer ninety to one. No. Yeah. They get back into contention. He still does his. Mm. Mm-hmm. You Darvish a hundred to one. Let's see who else we got. Charlie Morton still doing it. Ranger Suarez one hundred twenty to one. You identified last year about this time for Andrew Valdez, and mm-hmm. you got a hell of a run out of your money. You did on that one. I mean, there was a real chance that you were mm-hmm. going to have a monster ticket. Yep. Was he seventy to one when you bet him something 70 like that? Seventy or seventy five. I yeah. think. He was a huge, uh-huh. huge price, and he just kept pitching better. Well, better. I w- remember Verlander got hurt at the beginning mm-hmm. of September, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if he's out for the year, I got a real shot here. This would be a fun one to put some tickets I think it's a good with. one. I yeah. think it's good, Trent, because I, do think it's, I don't think it's settled. No, absolutely not. Gallon, the body of work mm-hmm. definitely needs to be up there. But over in the American League, Framber Valdez is now the betting favorite. Well, because McClanahan's hurt. Yes. Gossman, your guy. Uh-huh. Uh, seven to two plus three fifty. Garrett Cole. Where's at Luis one. Castillo? He's with the guy I bet prior to the season. He's at twenty eight to one right now. Yeah, that's about what I got. I got him to cheat lower now. They were twenty to one. Mariners have disappointed. Uh huh. They have not been. And he goes tonight. I want to say. Uh, let's see. A couple of twins coming in a little bit later. So, uh, Shohei is eleven to one. He's the sixth betting choice. You got Sonny Gray at forty to one. Joe Ryan at fifty to one. Speaking of Sonny Gray, let me interrupt you. We got yeah. Nick Olson coming up. Uh, we'll get to him just uh, about oh I don't know five minutes from now. Sonny Gray at the end of April. What was his record? How many how many wins did he? Have? I know it's more than wins and losses when you're a pitcher, but this when uh, when Dick Bremer put this out in the broadcast last night, I don't know if you were listening. Mm-mm. Sonny Gray has not won a game since April. Really? Think about that. He's not won a game in May, June, or first started in July. Well, because we talked about Gray and the struggles that he was having in the men- middle innings, and going back to that night against the Braves where he gave one up. It was a monster home run. Mm-hmm. Who hit that one? Oh, the old Royal. Anyway, hit a monster shot. They lost down two to one, and then of course brought in Pagan, and it was suddenly four to one right after that. But <laughs> yeah. he, uh, but that has been his struggle there. But to think for a guy, and you look at his statistical profile, it's terrific. You think there's no way, right, that a guy's going to go? Well, we're talking about nine, ten weeks now uh-huh. without a victory. That shows, I, I honestly got thought he must be have a mistake, and I, I looked it up. Last having night. a cedar it's moment, come yes. On, come on, Dick Brever. Right, <laughs> you can't be right on this one. Sure enough, huh? sure enough. April thirtieth wow. was his last win. All right, time for another thousand dollar home run. Head to KXNO.com right now, and you can enter this nationwide keyword contest by inserting the keyword money at KXNO.com. You'll see the pop-up box. Type in money, KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Money at KXNO.com. Another chance coming up in about an hour from now, and then all afternoon with Murph and Andy in the drive with Heather and Sean. Nick Olson on Iowa State. Next, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. at 1-800-BETS-OFF. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Grateful that Nick Olson found time for us. I as know. As many media stops as this kid's had over the last little while. I just hope he remembers us once he you know, reaches the heights that he's going to in his career and he joins the program. Hello, Nick Olson, Trent and Ken. Happy belated fourth to you. How are you? 
I appreciate you, my friend. Ben, ben Miller, right? Yeah, Ben Miller, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. I, I got to see a little bit of family and, you know, always look forward to our segment this week. Absolutely do. Uh, good stuff. Well, um, I enjoyed your podcast last week with uh, with Shipley and Copley. Learned a lot about the basketball team uh, and, uh, you know, the football team. Some of the names you put out there just uh, just reminds us that we're getting closer and closer to it. In fact, media days are next week, which is Unbelievable to think about that it's already here, but uh, ready or not, here it comes. So let's talk about this Cyclone team. And, you know, it's um, it's right out of the shoe, right, Nick? Here comes you and I to, to start things off, and we don't know what the, the roster is going to look like for week one. What are you hearing as far as we know that there's going to be, we know that there's players that are caught up with it. My question is that I haven't been able to gather an answer, and I'm not saying that you have, um, is what, if, if there are suspensions handed down, can they stagger them? Meaning that not all five guys are out for week one and week two, if that is the case, that, you know, that a couple of guys can take them here and then a couple of guys can wait until games four and five or whatever. Uh, do you know the answer to that, Nick? That's a really good question, Ken. I would say I, I don't enough to officially quote it, but I am under the impression what I've, you know, kind of heard from people, I say, around the program and just honestly looking further into this type of thing from a national landscape. Uh, I'm under the impression any suspensions that are kind of doled out, I think would be like right away initially getting them done. But, you know, as I've mentioned with you guys and, you know, a couple other spots, I, I don't want to get people's hopes up like crazy, but I am under the impression that because of the dates lined up, because of this new kind of punishment breakdown, I never, you know, was kind of under the impression there was this major dark cloud, but I do think there is a bit more optimism when these punishments have been made a little more clear, because I don't think, and I'm not under the impression that it's going to be kind of that top level, heavy handed spot for all of the players potentially involved guys. You know, that is uh, an interesting spot that we remain in. And, Nick, we've been talking for not just weeks, it feels like months now, waiting for something to come down. Do you have any idea what the holdup is? Is it lawyers getting involved? Why Why does this continue to drag out and into the fashion that we're in right now and still waiting a decision now as we're into July? Yeah, I think it's a few things, Trent. You know, I was I was definitely consistently able to confirm that it was just a matter of accuracy and details for a while. I know that was certainly the case. I think when you look at the date of kind of this new punishment system, I think it's a bit more obvious that maybe they didn't want, they being the committee, you know, teams involved, what have you, anything to be out in the public eye before this new set of rules was kind of established. And, and now, quite honestly, Trent, I'm starting to question what's kind of the holdup as well. Because those were a couple clear-cut areas that I was able to confirm and that made a lot of sense to me, you know, initially and logistically. But now it kind of seems like after, I mean, we're nearing two and a half months, right? You'd think the information's been kind of gone through. The new punishment system is out. I understand there was short break here with the holiday. But, you know, I've said it a couple times. I, I don't think it's fair to anyone involved, teams, players, investigators, anyone for this to go on and track into media days for these teams, mm-hmm. you know, when anybody in the country is there, national outlets, I kind of expected with this new rule set to be, you know, really all, out already, potentially, out at the end of last week, going into this week. So I'm not necessarily sure. I have heard a couple of those things you threw out there, Trent, but 
I mean, it's a matter of days for me because it's almost like what else is there to kind of fine tune and, and figure out. Yeah, today's Des Moines Register. Travis Hines has a piece. I'm not sure if either of you guys have seen it. Uh, and he said is one of the uh, one of his paragraphs. The DCI confirmed last week that an investigation continues, but declined to provide further details. So. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's more to come out. Um, may, I, I don't know what that means. If they're you know uh, advancing it into the student body away from the athletic department, certainly they're not going to wait till they go through the whole the whole uh, student um, um, body before they get to before they come up with a punishment. The other thing that in, in Heinz' piece that was interesting was proxy and messenger betting uh, was its own kind of. Um, you know, subsection of his article. And that's one of the things that we had heard about very early in the process. And there wasn't a student athletes uh, that had a parent that, you know, uh, ended up on the uh, the court blotter, not sure if the two were related or not. But there was rumors that there was, you know, proxy betting. I wonder if how big of uh, an issue that could become to both the NCAA and to the schools, uh, if indeed there's confirmation that one of their students actually wasn't uh, pressing the place bet on their phone, but was having someone else do it for them. I wonder if that uh, cloudies the waters at all. Yeah, I would think that's an area, Ken, and that's something, you know, I know we kind of got maybe some some wind of kind of in the early going of the potential there. Uh, I have not, you know, necessarily been quite as deep in terms of being able to confirm something like that. I do see that as an area that could kind of hold things up a little bit. You know, I think there is still kind of the matters of, of law and protection that Trent mentioned as well. But, I mean, all indications basically that I had gotten the week or two before this new rule set, it felt like things were coming to a close. Then I got kind of the expression that, all right, this is going to come out. Now things might take a little bit longer. I'm just really curious if things aren't out publicly, how this type of thing is handled next week in Dallas and Big Ten media days as well. Mm-hmm. On the field, a guy that yeah, I'm let's go there. Yeah, incredibly <laughs> intrigued by is the newest addition to the wide receiver room in Jaden Higgins. Mm-hmm. Hit the ground running. I mean, do we anticipate this is a guy game one against you and I? He's going to go out there and he's going to be on the field 75, 80 percent of the snaps. Is it is it as quick as that? He put up huge numbers at Eastern Kentucky. He looks to fill certainly a need position at the X receiver spot. Is that the anticipation for Higgins? Right away, he is out there and he's ready to go. I would say without a doubt, Trent. I mean, mm. I remember putting on my on my VIP board, uh, you know, when this kind of happened. Just the matter of excitement and feel around this addition, and then you've got some people here and there. Oh well, I would hope the team is excited about everyone they get, you know that type of thing. But I, I tried to kind of make things a little more clear. And then throughout this process, you know, when I've checked in, how he's handled himself, how he's hit the weight room, because he's he's kind of, uh, you know, a little more on kind of the skinny side, but like has started to bulk up. Obviously, they got plenty of time in spring ball. I've seen him with my own eyes at these, you know, football prospect camps with the high schoolers. He is the real deal, and, and often you can kind of not necessarily pair these things up perfectly but when you hear buzz you see these players and then they're often featured a lot in some things with social media as well i think that Jaden is someone that's going to have a massive role i think that both he and Jalen noel have the potential to kind of take in a lot of those targets but from everything i've heard and seen with my own eyes trent higgins is the real deal 
and I expect a major role for him throughout his time at ISU. Uh, I want to ask you about another uh, offensive player, and that was the the quarterback, the JUCO quarterback that came in relatively late in the process. And you know, at the time, we're we're putting two and two together, but based on what we think we know off the field, uh, and wondering why they got a quarterback. I'm I'm told that there's way more to it than just that. That there's actually going to be. Um, packages, if you will, for Tanner Hughes when it comes to the offense. And here's the how it was described to me. Um, and not only is he wearing the same number as Joel Lanning, apparently he's going to be number seven, but he's going to have a Joel Lanning type role, third down type of thing. I guess he's a really big dude uh, and that they that this guy will see the field. Not that he's going to start necessarily, but he will be on the field at certain points in the football game. Have you heard that? Yeah, there's something to that, Ken. You know, mobility is not his only strength, uh, but it is something that has been really highly thought of. And it's, you know, part of the reason why when when we would chat here on air and, you know, just catching up kind of as friends, I, I told you and I told people on the boards not to just focus on trying to piece things together and some of that mm-hmm. weird timing. Because, I mean, I reported, you know, back in January that there was a chance to look at different additions to QB depth and what could kind of be added to the room. And that is one area that I do see Hughes. You know, he's also actually a really solid passer, very accurate. I would be pretty darn surprised if you were to see him start uh, much of the year, much of his time at ISU. But I also don't think that he came to just kind of sit in that third or fourth spot, Ken, in a QB room that is honestly full of talent right now for Iowa State. Tight end. A position with some names that we know, Easton Dean, he's been hanging around after starting as a quarterback. Saw Hanukkah last year. Some of the young guys, you mentioned Steve O'Klotz last year to yeah. us. And who is this guy? And of yeah. course, Nick Oson knocked it out of the park there. But the young group, I know they've got some young tight ends that they are really excited about. Who's a name or two at the tight end position out of that young group you think can break through and, and get some catches this season? Yeah, Trent, you know, thank you for that. I, I think a name I've got to put out there is Gabe Burke. Uh, you know, someone that I've heard about for a long time. You know, the buzz actually with him was really strong already last year. But like you mentioned, some of the depth in that room, he's kind of that special mold. You know, he, he's tall, he's muscular, but he can also move really well. You know, some some fans and people around the program kind of look at him as a bit of a Dylan Sainer type. And, you know, he's someone that showed his capabilities and abilities in the spring game. So that's the name certainly look forward to see the field. I'll also go with Andrew Keller, you know, the pride of, of Wanakee, Wisconsin, also kind of where I went. Uh, you know, he's not quite as big muscular-wise, but he has put on a ton of weight, guys, since he got to campus in the best way. He came in as like a very skinny, kind of long, rangy tight end. Now he's in that 230, 240-type range, about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's more of your, you know, clear-cut ability after the catch, good route runner, great hands. I will be very surprised if you don't see those guys in that top four or five mix uh, on the field, and they made a huge impact in the spring game in April. Hmm. Uh, To the defensive side of the ball, I remember a couple of years ago, maybe this is about to be unfair to Bo Frailer, who as a freshman just uh, completely got everybody's attention and thinking, boy, the sky's the limit. I kind of 
of thought the same thing after Tavon Kyle's freshman year as well, and it didn't turn out to be that way. Not lumping and putting them together, just saying that you know I've missed before. I thought Frailer took didn't take as big a step forward as, as some people thought he would last year. Maybe it was injuries, maybe it was there, and I just you know did, didn't see it for whatever reason. But Frailer, what are expectations for him this year? Can he build on what looked to be a uh, I mean a career that could go to any type of heights at Iowa State when uh, when he first saw the field? What what are we going to see from him this year? Yeah, Ken, expectations are high uh, inside and outside of the program for, for both Freeler. You know, I, I like how you worded that, right? He didn't necessarily take a, a step back at all last year, but after kind of some of the, you know, explosiveness that he showed in his initial year, you maybe thought for a breakout year, I think the nation is going to know a lot more about him this year. I mean, physically, he's always had it. You know, mentally, he's one of kind of the, the smartest, highest football IQ guys. I think that injuries were an issue there, Ken. You know, he was not healthy uh, with a lot of the year. I think that often some of the kind of even brightest spots on the defense maybe got lost because it was a bit more of a tough season. But I think, again, I mean, we go back to March or April, you know, I'm, I'm going to go tight ends and safety, the two of the best mm. position groups on this entire team. I'm going to stick with that. Similar to last year when I said secondary. And, and I just feel like, you know, he's getting a chance to be more of a vocal leader. I'm not sure if that's always naturally been his personality, but with guys like, you know, Will, Orion, obviously Anthony Johnson at his position, now on to the next level, I think that's going to be a big spot for him. We're going to get a close look uh, with him at media days here soon, and I'm just under the impression if he can stay healthy, Ken, that's an all-Big 12 type of player that I see after another season, so two more with the chance at the pros. I really do. You know, Nick, we look at this team, and last week I brought up some reasons for optimism with Ken. We've been pretty negative on it, and it's been kind of the the lingering what's going to happen with these players that I think has been a big part of it. One thing, though, that Ken brought up at the end of it is if it comes down to the end of the game and the <laughs> kicking spot. Jace Gilbert, it was a season for hell. I, it really was. It was so, after what we heard from the guy, the expectations, I know the coaching staff was really high on him. It didn't go well. How has this offseason been for Jace Gilbert at the kicker spot? Yeah, I think Jace is in a really good place. You know, I, I kind of mentioned this last season. Obviously, the job is to go out there and kick. I mean, that's obvious, but I, I think that some of those spots were really tough for, for a kid that, if I remember correctly, uh, you know, didn't get to school early because I remember covering his commitment and I came after kind of those early entries. So, you know, maybe not part of spring ball. You get kind of the summer ball, fall camp, off season. That's a lot of pressure for an 18-year-old, you know, true freshman, an offense that already, honestly, was sputtering at times, and it was tough to kind of put things together without having those opportunities to kick. I think that, you know, we'll be honest, there's some competition there, obviously. The addition of Chase Contreras from uh, Nebraska, the PWO, you know, other players on the roster a little bit further down. But I look at it between those top two in my eyes, I've heard a lot of great things about Gilbert's offseason, how the staff is really connected with him and, you know, I think put him in a better spot. And if he ends up being the guy, Trent, I think that you'll see a lot more consistency specifically 
in that 35 to 43 yard range. Hmm. My last thing for you, Nick, and he was a late addition to the roster, another late addition, but I'm wondering if, um, if a Coley, and I can't pronounce his first name, the transfer from Auburn, I think he's going to play defensive end. Um, if this is a guy that's going to come in and, and really have an impact right away, because I, A, I think there's playing time on the, uh, at that spot on the defensive line. He's good enough to go to Auburn event, uh, originally, now ends up back here in the Midwest. I think he's a Kansas City kid. Um, what about a Coley? Yep. Is, is he a guy that uh, is going to make an impact uh, in his first year at Iowa State? And is this a name clone fans, if they don't know already, should you know, become more familiar with? Yeah, Ken, to bet you, uh, Coley is, you know, kind of how you say his name uh, via Matt Campbell at some of these pressers. And, you know, I, I would say it's absolutely he is a name to know. I think he does see the field. Uh, you know, he has too much talent. And, you know, the work ethic is really high, the connections with the staff for him not to. I know that people around the program, and, you know, I kind of added to this with that commitment, they love his versatility, guys. You, you know, not to make kind of a direct comparison, but, like, he's someone – you know, whether it's DN, whether it's moving inside a little bit, some of that positional versatility with some of the natural talent he showed to be able to go to an SEC school like Auburn, I think is going to get him on the field. I think you start to hear his name percolate a little bit this fall, and then he's someone I think after a full year will be a household name around the country. Good stuff, Nick Olson. When do you leave for media days? Yeah, so I will be leaving uh, Tuesday, so I'd still be good, good for our Monday spot. And if you want to do a live spot out there, I'm up for that as well. Okay. <laughs> Twist my arm. We'll talk to you on Monday, and then we'll grab you from Dallas. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Between now and Monday, what can we look forward to at Cyclone Alert? Uh, what would you like to promote, Nick? Thank you, Ken. I, I actually am starting a little something new, so I spoke to – you know, a coach of an early 2024 commit to do a profile on this player. I think that's going to be really intriguing. Uh, we've got some basketball recruiting. And I'll mention Whit Edwards, you know, a top target. I uh, expected to release this top eight here in the near future. Iowa State will be comfortably there as well. Good stuff. We'll watch for it. Nick, we'll talk with you next week. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on as always. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports. CycloneAlert.com. Does it feel like we're getting closer? We're actually looking at their name, throwing names out there and trying to place them where they're going to fit, what kind of playing time. Well, I see oh. over there with your Phil Steele. What were you doing over there? Oh, I'm ready. You Do you have your... Oh, magnif- I've got it. Oh, your magnifying glass is here. Yes. I saw you with something there. That's what that thing is? Yeah, it's a, it's a sheet of, I don't know, how about you would say that is? Six by eight? Something like that, Five yeah. by eight? And it's a magnifying sheet of something. Plastic. And it helps. Oh, tremendously, because I can't read this. No, absolutely it's not. The, I mean, it's small print for 40-year-old eyes, let alone 64-year-old I'm eyes. I'm still good, but it's but getting it more be. difficult. It's, get, it's getting there. I can definitely see that the yeah. Phil Steele, the ease of what that it once was, is not exactly there anymore. But you know what? It's, it's, it's worth the inconvenience of having to hold that thing up, because this thing's chock full of info. It is so good. It's, it's the best out there. What is your favorite section of it take it away obviously well the i when i was stayed are the first two stops for me right the, the, my favorite is no longer in there i like to see where he's got the bowl matchups oh yeah but i he didn't have it in the last couple of years i'm not sure he went back to it then just the top units uh-huh yes that's always good uh that's always good then you go to the the conference where he sees each of our you know the locals he's wrong on the big 10 west wisconsin's not winning the big 10 west why is there so much love Trent, i don't get it but i think it's because of wisconsin and 
And maybe it's because of Iowa's offense the last yeah. couple of years. Which is fair, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, they have to prove it. Right, which if you're a gambler mm-hmm. in the state of Iowa, you feel like betting the Hawks is better. Absolutely. Because it's going to help your price. I think they're going to run away with it. I know Tom Caker, who we'll have on Friday, put out his fearless forecast. Yeah. He's got them 10-2. and two. It's not unfair. But he's got them losing to Northwestern. And as his point was, there's always one. There's going to be one. There's right. going to be. How in the hell did they lose to blah, blah, blah. Outside of 2015, there's always one of those. Good point. That was, that was a special year. Yes. Um, but is 11-1 nuts? No. Well, they're going to be favored in 10 of their 12 games. Well, the Penn State game, which, which other? Wisconsin on the road. On the road? I mean, it'll be a tight point spread. When what the, when is that game? Uh, beginning of October. Okay, they, so they probably at that point will be a dog. Yes. Uh, yeah, they'll be favored in ten of them. If you're making point spreads for all twelve games, though, what else? What else would you make them a dog in? At Nebraska? No. It'll be tight. Home for Michigan State or Minnesota? No, Michigan no. State's they're bad. I, I'm with you. There just aren't a whole lot of spots <clears throat> that you look not. at. Now I I know FanDuel has had the Iowa State lineup. What, what is it? It opened Iowa about a field goal favorite. Yeah. And it shifted. And then it went down. Yes, and it's been Iowa State one and a half. In fact, now that we say that, I wonder if they still have that one. I, we'll, ta- we'll take a break. Look yeah. at it during the break. Iowa State was favored? Yeah, by a point and a half. Last I saw. What that really we, What are we me. missing? Uh, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.org. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. And Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com to come. Boy, the Brewers-Cubs came. Yeah, that ending was unbelievable yesterday. Boy, it was a fun game to watch. I'm sure that'll come up. Uh, the Cubs will. And then Scott Docterman. All right, we went to break. You were going mm-hmm. to look at the FanDuel odds on Cyhawk. Iowa opened as a favorite. Iowa State then took over as the role of the favorite. Has it come back? It has. Iowa now is currently the favorite. FanDuel has, I don't know, probably about 100 games up right now that you can bet on, including Iowa, Iowa State. And currently, the Hawkeyes now favored by two and a half. If you're forced to make a bet at gunpoint, oh, lay the points all day long. As we continue to wait. Uh huh. The suspensions are going to be more suspensions significant. Suspensions or no suspensions. Yeah. I, I, would, uh, I would take, I think Iowa's going to be a really good team. I do. I think they're going to be a very, double digit wins. I I would be. It's you know what? It's almost at the point where Trent. It'll be disappointing if they don't. I oh, think. absolutely. It'll be. Yeah. A, um, yeah, that'll be the taste in your mouth that you're left with. It feels like they plug so many holes. Uh huh. But this is also a program that's never done this before. That's true. And it is a program that is built on you do the work. God, Trent, we're talking college football, and it's July, and I couldn't be any more excited. You build it up, you build yourself up, and then you get the opportunity. And now here comes seven, eight new guys. Uh-huh, true. That, yeah. Could there be something like that happens? From everything that we've heard about every single one of these guys, that doesn't appear to be the case, mm-hmm. but well, maybe you know, something the, to put in the back of your mind. The Pied Piper's a transfer, and the Pied Piper plays the most important position of all the sports. And that is a huge positive, I think. It's a monster upgrade. It is. In a multitude of ways. Yep, yep. Hour two, baseball conversation starts it off. Hawkeye conversation, bottom of the hour. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here and turn it over to Murph and Andy. An hour to go, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.